I, th- I think I can see scars on there. Her scars were actually pretty well healed. But I'm like, she's still enormous. And when, as soon as I had the consult with her, she's like, yeah, well, I've gone through the surgery and it was terrible, terrible. It was agonizingly painful and I lost heaps of blood and I couldn't get back to work for weeks. And I was just like, oh my goodness. Like, And you look like you've got scars on your breast, but you look like you have not had an operation. She'd probably gone down from a double G to a G. Welcome back to Keeping It Real, the podcast unafraid to keep making edits until we've got the perfect result. Today, we're unpacking revision surgery. Revision is a pretty loaded word and in this case, can cover anything from some slight dog ears after a tummy tuck to completely overhauling a prior surgery that didn't deliver the promised results. Kim and Richard chat about what exactly revision surgery looks like for different operations, the most common types of revision surgery they need to perform, and red flags to watch out for before going under the knife. So today we're going to talk uh, about revision surgery. It's obviously, well not obviously, but quite a vague term. I mean, mm. it could really refer to a whole host of things from very minor, like dog ears or like a little bit of wound repair mm-hmm. to like, you know, like absolutely rehauling a body after something has gone majorly wrong. So what exactly is revision surgery? Well, I think we should probably tackle it from two two sides. So one one would be the revisions that we would commonly do on our patients. So the most common thing by far would be some sort of scar revision, um, whether it's a scar that's just not as good as what we wanted it to be or a small doggy revision um, that, that would be the most common thing that we have to do, particularly for tummies, not so much for breast. Um, and then other sort of less common is maybe if you've done a, a tummy tuck and after you, the skin sort of is not has lost all of its elasticity and there's still some loose skin, and we might it might be beneficial to cut out some more skin or say a, a breast reduction. And, you know, maybe there's some asymmetry. So they're all pretty minor procedures. Some of them we do in the rooms. Um, uh, some of them we go to hospital, just depending on how, how big it is and patient preference. Um, but they'd be – I can't think of any think of anything other common ones that we would have to do with our operations. No. So, yeah, t- a touch-up after a procedure. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think that's why we see people – at the let everything heal, let yeah. everything settle, see you at about the four-month mark. And that's when, sure, the scars are still going to mature beyond that, but you get a pretty good idea for the outcome in terms of symmetry, the the position of the scars, that sort of thing. And and if anything's you know, needs a little bit of a tweak. Yeah, right. And what's the other angle? So, like, what would uh, the other kind of side of revision surgery be? Uh, so the other side is more... If someone's been to another surgeon and uh, either the wrong operation has been done, so a good good example of that would be maybe a breast implant but no lift, yep. or a tummy tuck instead of a where a body lift would be more appropriate, um, or if something really bad has gone on in the surgery and we've sort of got to redo the whole thing. And, uh, and the, probably yeah. the only other thing in that category is 
you know, maybe one of our own patients as well, like down the track and breast implants would be the main thing. So um, yeah. all my patients, when I put a breast implant in, I say there's a 100% chance you're going to need more surgery in your breast at some stage in the future uh, because a breast implant has a lifespan and so the rate of revision of that and there's multiple reasons and probably not enough time on this to go. So there's probably a whole episode in itself, um, breast implant um, uh, you know, longevity, but there are things, whether they're upsizing, downsizing, capsular contracture, having a lift just because of natural, not necessarily because of wrong operation was done initially but because their breasts have changed with pregnancy etc over time i'm mainly here for the gore and the goss anyway so we can <laughs> keep going um what i think what would be really interesting to me and everyone else is times that you have done surgeries and we might kind of go through by surgery where you have had to do a revision from another surgeon um that has been just kind of like shocking to you or something you wouldn't expect or something you kind of want to warn our listeners about today um, pick an operation kate yep. okay I'm sure we both got plenty of stories for all of them welcome um <laughs> what about rectifying previous lipo yep. yeah <laughs> 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 Um, so not mentioning names, but there's been, uh, practitioners in the media, uh, a lot in the last couple of years, um, who would do mega liposuction and they would sort of make it seem like they mega. were experts at it and they were the only ones that could do 10, 12 litres of liposuction because they were so clever. The reason why the rest of us don't do that is because usually it's the wrong indication. Like if you've got 12 litres of fat to remove, you're probably overweight and liposuction's less likely to be the operation for you. Um, and to the, well, you know, there's more than two, but the um, risks, it, like it's, it's extremely unsafe doing that with lots of fluid shifts and the outcomes are generally going to be absolutely appalling. Um, so I actually saw a patient uh, probably within the last six months and she had had eight litres, I think, of liposuction from wow. um, multiple areas of her body. And remarkably, quite a few of them were actually really good. Um, but there were areas l like um, just at the top part of her bum and in her thighs. Um, the thighs are an extremely tricky area in terms of liposuction on its own. And to kind of set context for how much eight litres is, like how much would we typically take? I know hers is across multiple areas, so what would we be doing in the same kind of areas? Well, I would say, like if I was doing a breast reduction and on the side of the breast, like 100 mils. Right. <laughs> um, if, if I was doing a tummy tuck, and, and usually it, it's in combination with other things. Mm. So tummy tuck, so if I was doing hips or flanks, sort of maybe up to... Two, three hundred mils on each side, right. um, and then perhaps you know, 100, 150 in the top part of the tummy. So, whole body is still um, like under a litre. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. And the lower back and the back, um, which we're both doing a bit more of now, um, you, you can generally do a bit more and get better results because the skin's thicker and it can accommodate it more. But um, You can I get up to a litre off the yeah. bat. I was going to say, what, what would be your max? But yeah, still yeah. one litre. So, yeah. you know, I, I have no idea how, where they're getting all that. I actually from, don't so. understand either. No. And, I, and I've seen the... I've seen the videos and um, and they they proudly showing the three patients that they've done twelve liters on and have got oh thirty six liters of uh, literally bags of mm. fat sitting around the room. Like, um, a a lot of that is fluid though as well. 
rats. Well, some of those though you can like yeah, no. you know they're counting. There's a little bit of fluid and there's a huge amount of the fat. Yeah. So what did you um, do for this patient? Uh, so I didn't actually operate on her, right. um, but there were there were indents and so contour irregularity is a right. massive thing and looseness of skin. So um, generally, if you're doing large amounts of liposuction, you're going to end up with loose skin. Um, and also, like, it's really, really, really hard to get nice and smooth and even. So um, she you know, had some indents that um, could have could have been revised, but needed more skin removed and wasn't keen for the scars. So gotcha. um, it's better to leave well enough alone. Yeah. So uh, the most common one that I've I've had to deal with is, as Kim saying, in the tummy. Mm-hmm. So you end up. Yeah, they, they think that liposuction is going to be give them uh, the result they want and they just end up with sort of rolls of loose skin. So um, I've had a number of patients where I've then gone and done a tummy tuck and you can get quite a good result. Um, and sometimes there's still some unevenness, but because it's all tighter, it's not quite right. as obvious. Right. When, when you lift the skin up, you can actually mm. feel underneath that skin and feel sort of where there might be some um, indentations or parts that are still a bit full and you can directly under vision oh, trim okay. them. So I, I sometimes will do that as well. Right. Um, it doesn't particularly interestingly make the operation much harder. Mm-hmm. So we're often seeing them many, you know, quite a fair way down the track. And so I've, I've never had a problem that the skin was sort of too scarred or it's, it's not possible. So. Right, right, right. I don't think it necessarily puts you at a massive adv- disadvantage. So that that scenario is usually resol- resolvable. Um, some male uh, chests that were done really, re- and they've got got that concavity deformity. Yeah. That's really hard to fix. So I've tried, I've tried fat grafting in them, and it doesn't really survive. Same um, sort of thing with a tummy. Is once it's, if it's been yeah. overdone. Yeah. So if there's to- all the fats come out, um, and you know the skin's basically stuck to the muscles underneath. There's not much you can do to fix that. Thigh is virtually impossible to fix. Mm. I also feel like I've heard a lot of people come in and talk about like the rolls on their arms as well. Like they've gotten a lot of liposuction, and then their arms yeah. have just been like the Michelin Man. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely. Uh, I actually had a patient that's had two lots of skin removed. We talked about her on an episode where the electrician came into the theatre oh. and they were <laughs> flapping the skin around. For, but um, she, despite having had some skin removed, she had a lot more skin that needed to be removed oh, okay. after that. And the, the, the tricky thing with any of these patients really is that um, you, you are on the back foot a little bit before you yeah, even start right. because they've already spent a lot of money, they're dissatisfied and they have you know high Trust expectations yeah. um and not not uncommonly it, there are problems that can't be solved um or you're still going to end up imperfect well i i think i mean there's depending you, on the area yeah sometimes they're more realistic because they've been through and had sort of not a great experience so yeah. they understand the um potentials for for poor outcomes and they're just grateful that you can do something to make it a a bit better um and there's generally a fair contrast between how we look after patients and how they've been treated before so then 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 in general i would say i've i've found that group of patients to be 
you know, quite realistic and appreciative of of what we can do, un- understanding the limitations of what what they've been through already. And, and how often do you hear some of those patients when they come in and say, "Man, you've asked me like yeah. <laughs> hundreds more questions than yeah, you've actually just what's your credit card number?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like they're genuinely surprised that we want to get a history and a story and check their medical. Um, background <laughs> before we're like, who would have sure, thought? Let's, let's who would have thought that was <laughs> And it's like, man, you've spent ages with me, and I'm like, oh, this is like, fifteen minutes of chatting is uh, that's uh, that's yeah, pretty standard. Awful, isn't it? Mm. Um, you kind of alluded to earlier uh, about people who might need a, you know, breast augmentation and they got a breast lift or yeah. you know, vice versa, which isn't necessarily like a gross negligence. Yeah, like no, it no, might no. just be the way the breast goes. So have you had any experience in that? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, sometimes – and sometimes that's a discussion that you have, mm. you know, that you know, ideally you need a breast lift, you want implants. If we do a breast lift, uh, you can you a lot more scars. Um, you could have an implant, but you'll, you'll not have – you maybe won't fill out that lower pole quite as much. So, you know, that's a legitimate discussion to have. Um, but sometimes it's pretty clear that they would have needed and it's not offered. Yeah, so that, that's right, the right. scenario really. Um, but generally quite an easy thing to fix. Mm-hmm. If, if it was sort of more, you know, like maybe five, six years down the track, mm-hmm. um, as Kim said, you know, often, you know, you might need to change an implant at some point anyway. And so it's, you're, you're there, you're operating, it's maybe sort of a good time to reset the clock. Yeah. If you, you know, you're going to be sitting there. With scars on your breast, you, you may as well kind of change the implant as well. So there, there's different approaches depending on the problem and depending on the timing from when the original surgery was. But um, that's generally not a difficult problem to fix. The more difficult thing with, with um, breast revision is where the implant's not – is either sitting too low or it's slid out too uh, laterally right. or the implant's too big. Yeah, and then okay. you've scr- stretched the skin envelope and the pocket. And, and too you- big is a common yeah. thing that would, would have been done because, oh, you need a lift, but yeah. you don't want a lift or I don't know how to do a lift. Right. Yeah. Um, let's put a bigger implant in because that's going to give stretch you... It stretch it out. Right. And it, do you think that also with the like changing of trends as well from going from that like kind of very obvious to like a more natural? I've, I've had a bunch of patients in that in that situation where mm. they've like gone huge implant and they actually have quite a reasonable amount of breast tissue that right. then ends up like everything's wrong. The implant's too big; it sits in the wrong place, and their yeah. their heavy droopy breasts are still heavy and droopy. And yeah, so, of course, you know, downsize the implant or implant out and yeah. lift or reduction even. Do you think with like our patients, just in your anecdotal experience, do people have, when they get an explant, do they tend to like kind of stay with an implant, like, you know, micro smaller or do they tend to like just revert to like natural breast tissue? It, it, it varies. Um, and, and some of the decision to, to put in bigger implants um, may may have been originally patient driven, and then you know their lifestyles change. Maybe you know they've had kids, and uh, now they're doing um, you know school drop off, and, and it's not quite as appropriate as it was when they were maybe you know in their early twenties. Um, but I think removing removing a breast implant and doing a reduction is one of the funnest operations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will. Yeah, it's actually very it's very satisfying because you can often get a much nicer shape, right. and um, sort of un- the implant kind of 
having without going into too many too many gory details, kind of makes the blood supply I think to the nipple a little bit easier, and the pockets kind of already dissected out. So, do you like suck it out? You can't. Well, <laughs> not usually, no. But there is a technique where sometimes if an implant is ruptured. Um, and I always forget how to do this because rupturing implants not that common anymore. But there was a technique where uh, like a, a saline bottle oh, okay. and you put a, a little hole in the yeah, back of it yeah. and you take this and there's like, it's like a, I don't know, a, 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 like a soda water bottle mm-hmm. equivalent. So the open thing you put through the little hole mm-hmm. and at the back you put a, you make a little cut and you put the sucker in there, so it creates this negative pressure, oh. and you put that in, and just go, <laughs> <laughs> and the whole implant is just suddenly in the bottle. Right, it's weird. Right, like have it's you seen those fun. videos where they like take the egg yolk out of the egg white with the bottle? No, oh. but it'd be similar. Yeah, yeah, similar. But so yeah, if how do you ru- get it out? And if it, it's not ruptured, you could and do it. Makes it, it not as glamorous. Yeah, <laughs> I could do a lot of it, mate. But but taking out an implant like the older older style of implants mm. that ruptured probably in the first week that they were put in these are 30 plus year ago implants that probably ruptured went rock hard early early days mm. getting that silicon out is mm. a sticky gooey mess just Ugh. think of a pot of s- sticky toffee and it yeah. sticking to absolutely everything you touch so how do you get it all out you scrape it out um, well, you, you using some kind of suction technique like that. Right. Um, using betadine actually is quite good. It seems oh. to unstick it a bit, um, but then it makes it. And all is it kind of restricted <laughs> to that area, or can it start? Yeah, to you, yeah, it doesn't. That's a urban myth that okay. silicon travels all through the body. Another one you referred to was about people maybe getting tummy tucks when they needed body lift. Yeah, this week. Mm. Um, she came in for a breast reduction consult and said. Um, I want some lipo on my hips as well. And then, you know, getting the rest of the story out, she's had multiple lots of bariatric surgery, tummy tuck. She had a fleur de lis tummy tuck, which result on the front for her was actually quite reasonable. Um, but oodles of tissue around her hips. <laughs> lots of lots of tissue. Oodles and oodles? <laughs> just oodles. Quite, quite a reasonable amount of tissue on her hips, um, which was a combination of skin and fat. So I said um, lipo. No, uh, for you. Glad to know. But interestingly, for and that was this patient just from this week that mm. the lower back didn't need doing. It was really the both of her, both of her hips um, yeah, right. needed doing. But um, and just one other thing with tummy tuck that I've seen a few times is where. Um, it's either a, called a mini or um, where they have s- just skin removed beneath the belly button but the belly button hasn't been um, moved or dissected out. So they end up having their belly button only a few centimetres above their tummy tuck scar. I had a similar patient today that mm. Kim just described. So she'd had a tummy tuck um, in the public hospital system oh, some I 10 years ago. I think this one was too. There you go. <laughs> um, about ten years ago, okay. and um, she she she'd had massive weight loss, and so she still um, had a lot of loose skin in her upper part of her tummy. But she had that sort of fullness on the sides, extending around to her back. A lot of loose skin and droopiness of her bo- bottom. So I'm actually going to redo her tummy tuck and complete it as a body lift. Right. She was actually a bit of a superstar patient because 
I initially saw her a few months ago and suggested she should lose some weight and she's gone on this health kick. And we looked at her photos today and compared them and she hadn't lost a huge amount. She lost maybe five kilos, but she's just started doing a lot of PT, I think almost every day. She said she's just become obsessed with it. And hopefully she's listening. Um, but she's like, we looked at her photos and it was such a dramatic change, yeah. particularly in the side on. Um, you know, like you could just see how much smaller she was. Yeah. Which then makes the surgery easier because it's more deflated. I can cut out more skin. And yeah. you're going to give her like an incredible result yeah. from from her hard work to get yeah. to that yeah. point as well. I went so. and um, stalked her profile today actually because I saw her comment. And I th- it's like a lot less than five kilos, but obviously it's because like she's gained so much muscle. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. As we know, waves more than yeah. that. So she's obviously like for that to be such a dramatic difference, which is good because I think it can probably be a bit disheartening. Yeah. If you see that the numbers the number haven't changed, yeah. oh, yeah. well, I meant to be at this number, and then it's like, oh, she's doing PT five times a week. That might yeah. I also say to those those patients that like we take your photos when you first come in, mm. um, even if you're not at a suitable weight, because when you are potentially feeling a bit disheartened with your weight loss and, and I'd say exactly like not necessarily look at the number but have a look at how much loose skin you've got have a look at your photos that you've had and you know yeah. these these are the things we kind of want to see like where your roundness of your tummy is now like flatter yeah. and the skin's looser and you know we do and we have that conversation like your skin's gonna look worse but then yeah, yeah, your yeah. operation's gonna be so yeah. much so much better so. I, I notice a a lot on the back. Mm-hmm. So patients have, um, when they're overweight, they, they've developed these really big um, fat rolls, in their, particularly in their upper back. And when they lose like a significant amount of weight, that just really flattens down. And, and uh, as Kim alluded to earlier, um, uh, or maybe in another podcast, uh, doing liposuction on the back actually goes really well because the skin is really thick and um, so it shrinks down really well um, and it's also onto the ribs which is a solid surface compared to the thighs so it's not yeah, as right. solid um, and so when you lose weight there that it's the same principles so it shrinks down really well okay and to round out the holy grail of surgeries what about breast reduction oh, mm. finally <laughs> <laughs> yeah no the commonest thing right, right, right. i would see breast reduction revision patients for mm-hmm. is that they're still too big yeah. Um, okay. And so they've seen surgeons or had surgery that is a limited sort of technique of what they can remove. Mm-hmm. Um, and s- uh, yeah, the, oh, there's so there's so many that I can um, yeah. think of at the moment um, that have had yeah they've gone through surgery. One in particular, um, she had had excessive bleeding, had had like a month of agony, like really really tough recovery and the first time I saw her was over video and it wasn't booked in as it was just booked as a breast reduction consult and she'd uploaded her photos and I was looking at the photos before I did the consult with her and I was like I I think I can see scars on there her scars were actually pretty well healed but I'm like she's still enormous and when Mm. as soon as I had the consult with her she's like yeah well I've gone through the surgery and it was terrible terrible was agonizingly painful and I lost heaps of blood and I couldn't get back to work for weeks and I was just like oh my goodness like and you look like you've got scars on your breast but you look like you have not had an operation um and so I so still totic oh still everything Mm. still like what's totic like droopy but still and like huge 
Um, she'd probably gone down from a double G to a G or the, right. that, you know, yeah, but yeah. not hardly had any tissue removed. Um, and so basically it's just starting the whole operation again, but with more risks because her nipple has got a scar around the outside of it, it has right. already been moved. Yeah. Um, and then I have to do that again. And her surgery was, it wasn't a, a huge amount of time prior to that. So, yeah. um, but I, I operate on her. It was, all good. Nice. <laughs> I think the mo- one of the most common things I see for revision for breast reduction is where uh, patients have had a lollipop incision. And so they're too, still too long from the nipple down to the fold. And they've often still got that their original crease. Um, and that's, that's a relatively easy and satisfying operation to fix because you basically just convert it into an anchor incision and cut out that lower pole. Um, and then it instantly fixes it and you get that nice shape that we're, we're trying to achieve with the breast reduction. Um, probably the only other thing with breast reduction, and I'd caution patients about having this as an option when they're looking at breast reduction, is where they've had liposuction only to their breasts. Mm. So generally, if you've got large breasts, it's because of glandular tissue, not fat, um, like if they're out of proportion to the rest of you. So it seems like the holy grail operation... Have some liposuction to your breast, they get smaller. Um, and, and I have seen a few patients that have been down that path again, maybe half a cup to a cup size at most. Yeah. The shape I doesn't even thought of that as a yeah, the shape doesn't improve um, whatsoever. The nipple doesn't get lifted. Um, yeah, right. it's, it's just not an operation that's going to give you any kind of decent outcome. If you liked this episode of Keeping It Real, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, why don't you have a flick through our past episodes? We'd love to hear requests for future topics, so send your suggestions through to us on IG at Replastic Surgery. That's all for today, and we'll catch you next time for another peek into the world of plastic surgery.